Hello and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots and from traveling around this around this world. <laughs> this episode is called People Say and Do the Darndest Things. I have been out of the country a lot lately. I have uh, was in Honduras last month and tonight literally tonight so I'm sort of putting this together quickly because I'm behind I haven't been around and tonight I'm going to Belize <laughs> for a week so I'm usually bad with the emails and I apologize to people out there because I'm even worse than I normally am because I just haven't been around so um but getting back to the people doing the darndest things we've got all kind of crazy things in this episode you know I've been flying for so long you start thinking that you've heard everything and they still surprise you crazy things they say and do so we have a lot of uh wacky things the passengers do we also have some stupid things that i do and then uh at the end of the episode this was interesting this pilot i was just flying with actually somebody did something on his flight and he actually went to court and the guy got uh nine to 25 years in federal prison <laughs> so that was a serious one and actually it's quite uh interesting story so that's at the end of the episode so let's get listening to uh people saying and doing the darndest thing so i can get on my plane and go to belize <laughs> i know a girl named betty who wears pan leather shoes she just moved from missouri and she's feeling kind of bruised so i was flying from la to maui last week and i was in the mid galley and i was moving around drawers in the cart so um I had my hands full and I was sort of bent over and this woman comes up and starts jabbing me, poking me in the arm, like trying to get my attention. I said, oh, I'll be right with you. Um, We really don't like when people poke us, (laughs) but I said, I'll be right with you. And I was trying to get the drawers back in, you know, just like you would try to get any drawer back in sometimes takes a little bit of maneuvering. So I'm trying to get the drawer back in and she's poking me again. And I'm like, I'll be right with you. And she keeps poking me. So I'm thinking all right, you know, maybe it's something important. Maybe somebody's having a heart attack or something. So I stopped what I was doing and I put the drawer down on the counter and I was like, why, what do you need? And she said, the two flight attendants up there are having sex. And I was like, what? You know, I've been flying a long time. You always think you've heard everything someone's going to say. But I said, What? She goes, the two flight attendants up there, they're having sex. I just saw them. Oh, my God. And I was like, "Uh, I don't think so. (laughs) That's just what came out of my mouth because I really didn't think so. I mean, it was a guy and a girl up there, and uh, the guy is straight. They're both single, but I have never, ever seen flight attendants have sex on the airplane. You know, you hear all the stories about the passengers in the bathroom, but not us. (laughs) You know, I mean, we don't want to... Uh, lose our jobs, you know, um, it's just, it just doesn't happen. There was that one story about uh, Ray Fines and a flight attendant, I think that was in Australia, but that was highly unusual. Anyway, so she's like, no, no, I just saw them. They're up there having sex. You have to go look. And I said, I don't think so. (laughs) I could tell that I wasn't giving her the response that she wanted. And she goes, no, no, you have to go look. I just saw them. Oh, my God, they're up there having sex. I mean, she was really worked up. And I said, all right. So I walk up to first class. And, you know, sure enough, the galley curtain was shut all the way. 
which is slightly unusual. Um, and just for a second, just for like five seconds, I kind of thought, well, <laughs> like I guess there's a first for everything. So I sort of knocked on the side wall of the galley before I opened the curtain. I don't normally knock before I open a curtain of the galley, but I knocked and I opened the curtain and uh, they're fully clothed. And the guy, flight attendant, was giving her a massage with water bottles. He had put hot water in there. He does this a lot. He's very nice. He used to be a physical therapist and he was giving her a neck and back massage. She was sitting on a meal carrier, but both fully dressed. And he's using water bottles. You know, he's not even using his hands. And um, I said, that there's a lady back there in the big galley that said you guys were having sex. And they both looked like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, I know she's really adamant about it. She's all worked up. So I poked my head back out of the first class galley. And that woman's still standing there looking at me like, well, well. And I just motioned to her like, no, you know, not, not having sex. And she looked like she didn't believe me. So I told the guy, I'm like, you know, she, there's a girl, there's a lady in the first, in the mid galley and she's worked up. You need to go back there and tell her, you know, <laughs> sex up here. And, you know, thank goodness she said something to me. Can you imagine if she just wrote a letter, you know, to the company? Thank goodness it wasn't about me, but you wrote a letter to the company. The, the flight tenants on my flight were having sex in the galley. I mean, we could get in a lot of trouble for that when nothing was going on. Anyway, the guy flight attendant goes back to the McGalley and he told her, um, no, we don't do that on the airplane. We save that for the layover. <laughs> she kind of was just looking at him. He was just joking. And then he, he stood and talked to her for a long time. He told her he, he used to be a physical therapist and he was just giving her a neck massage and her neck, she had been complaining that her neck hurt and, you know, there wasn't any hanky panky going on. <laughs> You know, just when you think you've heard it all, the passenger's like, those two flight tents are having sex up there. She says, hey, 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 to the vendor at parking 81st. Well, good day, good day to the mailman as she passes and she sees. Her taxi in announcement. Okay, so this was, to... this was another another flight tenant making her taxi another, in PA? Her making her taxi in PA in Atlanta and asking passengers to remain seated until everyone else had gotten off if they had requested the electric chair in Atlanta. The electric chair. The electric chair. <laughs> I think she must have been thinking of something else while she was making the announcement. Glowing in the morning and she feels that she might burn. So people say the darndest things. Uh, when I'm on the beverage cart, I wear this little metal ring with a hook on it. It goes on my forefinger, so it goes on my finger above my knuckle, and I use it to open the cans, open the soda cans. It's a very handy little $6 item. It's not nice metal. sometimes turns your finger green, but it serves... It's very, very functional. It serves a purpose. I don't have to, um, eventually the skin on your thumb gets really sore from opening the cans or, you know, you can get a little, it gets a little, the skin gets rubbed off and um, this little thing is great. And uh, I've used it for a long time, but the passengers, <laughs> they get a little confused, a little confounded by this uh, ring with a hook on it. <laughs> I'll be on the beverage cart and I'll be opening it opening cans with this little ring, you know, it's just second nature. And they'll say things. I can't tell you how many people have mentioned this little ring. I would say a hundred people have said things to me. But a lot of times they say the same things. They say like, um, uh, does that ring have a function? 
And I'll be like, yeah, you just saw me. I just opened a can with it. <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah. <laughs> what else would it be for? It's like a, a little weapon, like, <laughs> and I catch you with my little hook ring. <laughs> and they just saw me open a can with it. Or they'll say things like, um, is that a, a fashion statement? And I'll say, no, just open in the cans with it. You know, if it was a fashion statement, I think maybe it'd look a little better. So, you know, at other times people say things like, oh, that that ring opens your cans. I'm like, yeah, it's a great little thing. And people, I think 20 people have said to me, um, where do I get one of those? <laughs> and the reason why I think this is so funny is that a regular person would have no need for this thing because how many cans do you open in a normal day in your normal life? <laughs> Not enough to warrant a ring with a hook on it. <laughs> so. So I find this entertaining. So when they ask me, uh, where, where, where did you get that? And I say, oh, I got it at the flight attendant store. And this is when they usually pause. <laughs> it's like they don't have a response to that or they'll just look at me funny. And then I'll say, what? You've never seen a flight attendant store? And I'll be like, no, I've never seen a flight attendant store. I'm like, oh, you don't have one at your mall? And they're looking at me like, no. <laughs> You know, you have to entertain yourself somehow. <laughs> but then I explain there's a store. We have so stores in different cities at different airports. There are crew stores. So they have things like where you can try on uniforms. They have like earplugs for the guys out on the ramp and uh, other things, travel accessories, suitcases, things like that. But they're in secure areas. You'd have to have an ID to get down there. So you're never going to see the flight attendant store. <laughs> But then there are some people that go so far as to really want to purchase one of these. I think just because it's something they have never seen before and they want it. And so I had this lady and she's like, um, after I said, well, you know, it's at the flight attendant store. And after she did the normal, <laughs> I explained, you know, it's a store just for us as stuff that we need as flight crew. And then she said, well, uh, can I buy that one from you? And I said, uh, she's like, how much do they cost? I'm like, they're like $6 or five ninety nine, six ninety nine, depending on the size. And she's like, well, um, let me buy that one from you. And I said, uh, well, no, because I need it. I use it and I've got more flights, you know, and I don't know when I'll get back to a city with the flight tenant store. And so she said, well, I'll give you $20 for it. And, you know, that is a profit, but I'm like, no, I don't think so. I, I need it. I use it. She's like, well, you can get another one. I'm like, I know, but I don't know when I can get another one. And she was very indignant and aggravated that I wouldn't sell her my stupid ring with a hook on it. And so then I, when next time I was at the flight store, I bought an extra one because I thought, shoot, do these people really want to buy this silly thing? I'll sell it to them. And then wouldn't you know, <laughs> since I've been carrying around an extra one, nobody's asked me. Nobody's offered me big bucks for my stupid little ring again. <laughs> so I'm sure you guys have heard the spiel that we say on the PA and about the exit row seating. You must be able to speak English. You can't be under the age of 15. You must be able to visually see the exit, be able to physically open the exit, and be able to verbally direct other people to the exit. So you have to speak English. You have to be over 15. And one of the other rules that we don't say in the PA, uh, and the one that we as flight attendants dread the most, is you can't need a seatbelt extension and sit in the exit row. This is a new rule. It's only come across the books a couple years back. And it's very 
uncomfortable. We don't want to tell people you're too fat to sit in the exit row. I mean, it's just bad for everybody. So sure enough, two weeks ago, I'm walking through the cabin and this man says to me, he's a Hispanic looking man. And he says, in perfect English, I need a seatbelt extension. And I said, oh, you know, I'm so sorry, but you can't sit in the emergency exit row if you need a seatbelt extension. I'll be happy to find you another seat. And now he looks at me and says, um, no comprende. <laughs> He's going to pretend like he doesn't speak English because he thinks now that he won't have to move if he doesn't understand me. So I said, um, well, sir, do you speak English? He said, no, habla inglés. And I said, well, now the only thing you got going for you is that you're uh, over 15 because <laughs> you have to be able to speak English to sit in the exit row too. So this guy, he wasn't giving up. Now he pretends like he's asleep and not... <laughs> It's just ignoring me. I'm telling him he has to move. I found someone else to move. I found him another window seat. This guy had really long legs. He's like, I'll move. I'm trying to tell him I'll move. And he's pretending like he's asleep. So now he needs a seatbelt extension. He won't speak to me. And he's pretending like he doesn't speak English. (laughs) Eventually, with enough of us telling him, you have to move. We had somebody speaking Spanish saying you have to move. We got him to move. But let me just tell you, if you're going to try this trick, it doesn't work. You can't say, uh, no comprende. <laughs> so this next little clip somebody sent me uh, in an email. This is a pilot giving his PA, courtesy of the Internet. <laughs> Good afternoon. This is your captain speaking with just a little flight information. Coming up on the left, we're going to be catching a glimpse of the Grand Canyon. On the right, you can be able to see the Hooper Dam in just a few minutes. We're flying at an altitude of 37,000 feet, and our airspeed is 400 miles an hour. A couple little facts here. I'm packing a Colt King Cobra. That's a 357 caliber firearm with a black rubber grip and a 6-inch barrel. Also, the co-pilot is carrying a Kimber Custom Defense pistol with all the bells and whistles you'd expect from a custom gun of that kind with an alloy frame and bevel treatment on the entire gun. And our chief flight attendant, Roger, has a Ruger Bearcat 22 with a hand-fluted cylinder. All three are capable of piercing body armor at a distance of up to 27 feet. And it can put a hole in human bone and flesh the size of the Grand Canyon, which, by the way, is coming up on the left-hand side of the plane. So just sit back and relax and enjoy the rest of the flight. So I was flying on the Boeing 767, and on my airline, the configuration we have for the 767, it has uh, three closets in first class, which is very unusual and very luxurious. That's very wealthy for us. You know, we normally have a little Barbie closet, you know, it doesn't fit hardly anything. But this, this airplane has three closets and the one right behind the cockpit is actually quite large. I could fit like maybe five rollerboard suitcases in there. It's great. And uh, I had my suitcase in there. (laughs) And I opened the closet door. And I went in there to get something out of my suitcase. And this first class passenger follows me in there right behind me. Now, it even though it's a big closet, it's still a closet. It's a small space and I I tend to get nervous when a man is behind me close very close in a small space and I turned around and I was like, "What are you doing?" you know, <laughs> because passengers don't usually uh follow us into a closet. <laughs> and he said, "Oh, I thought maybe there was an elevator in here." 
And I was like, no, <laughs> it's a closet. Granted, we did have the L1011, and I believe the uh, DC-10 had an elevator also, but very few airplanes now have an elevator. <laughs> but they don't have one in this closet. And it doesn't look like a closet when it's an elevator. <laughs> so I was like, no, no, it's a closet. You know, please, please back up. You know, because <laughs> he made me really uncomfortable. He's like, yeah, I thought maybe there was an elevator in there. I'm like, okay. Betty likes to watch the city wake up as the sun glides through the sky. Betty likes to watch the city I say stupid things all the time. And, you know, I've been flying such a long time, and we use certain terms, certain lingo, and it's so, so second nature to us. We... I forget realize, that some people don't know what I'm talking about, <laughs> or they may not use those terms. Uh, when uh, at my airline, we call flying all night an all-nighter. I know passengers call them red eyes, but we call them all-nighters. And uh, I had just flown an all-nighter, and uh, there was a yoga class I wanted to go to, and it's like 7.30 in the morning. So I decided to go ahead and go to that class, and then I figured I'd come home after yoga and go to sleep. Well, my yoga, my nice yoga teacher, noticed, I guess, that I was tired and so she said to me after class she goes you know uh you seem kind of out of it today and I said oh yeah you know I just did an all-nighter and she goes uh woohoo <laughs> I was like woohoo <laughs> like I didn't understand what she meant she thought that I was saying I was out partying all night <laughs> that I stayed out all night drinking and then came to class well that would be strange <laughs> So she says, uh, woohoo. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I flew, I worked uh, all night flight and then came here. So that's why I'm tired. And she was like, oh, well, you know, I guess that makes more sense. And I'm thinking, yeah, it doesn't get a woohoo. <laughs> From between Miami and Montreal. And this is when they had just installed the smoke detectors in the lavatories. And this lady. The smoke detector went off in her lavatory and she came out and the flight attendant came up and he noticed in her purse was a, a big pile of the little tiny soaps the from the bathroom. And he said to her, the smoke alarm went off, were you in that lavatory? And she took a handful of the soaps and gave them to the flight attendant and said, I didn't realize you had a, a soap alarm in there. <laughs> a soap alarm. <laughs> You know, I've been doing this podcast for a while, and sometimes I am not sure if I've told this story before. <laughs> you guys might know better than I do, but uh, this was maybe a year ago, and uh, yeah, people say the darndest things, but sometimes they do the darndest things. I was uh, saying goodbye, you know, on the airplane, goodbye, goodbye, uh, have a good day, bye now, goodbye. <laughs> You know, like we do. And this woman in a suit and her hair in a bun, she was in her 50s, walks off the plane and she's rolling a suitcase that looks a lot like mine. <laughs> you know, and I had a little pink bow or something. We usually have something in our bag so we know it's ours. And I saw it roll off the plane and I thought, I, I, I think she she's taking my bag. So I run out into the jetway after her and I said, Miss, Miss, is this your bag? And she said, no. And I said, well, it's my bag. And I just assumed that she had a bag and that she would go back, you know, and then, you know, she took the wrong rollerboard. But she did not have a rollerboard. She was just stealing my bag. And I was so shocked and dumbfounded because I didn't expect someone to just be stealing my bag, let alone a lady in her 50s in a suit and her hair in a bun, you know, 
bad stereotypes. You know, obviously they can steal stuff too. But uh, she went to steal my bag and I should have done something. But I didn't do anything because I thought, what do I do? Chaser? Tackor? Stop, thief, stop. <laughs> she was just stealing my bag. But thank goodness I was standing at the door to see her. But uh, this has happened to quite a few people. It's, uh, it's a real shame. But uh, yeah, we have to keep an eye out for our bags just like you do. So I've mentioned before that I used to date this actor, and uh, he was very good looking. Well, there's a surprise, huh? An actor who's good looking. <laughs> he was a very handsome man, and uh, gay men were always interested in him because gay men like a handsome man. And plus, he was very well dressed and groomed. I actually used to call him uh, the gayest straight man in America <laughs> because he had more toiletries than I did, and I'm a girl. Anyway, we were uh, shopping on Rodeo Drive, something I don't do in my life currently. <laughs> my how things change. We were actually uh, shopping at Tiffany's, a store that I do not frequent. And uh, we're in Tiffany's and the sales guy behind the counter who's gay says to me, and he would be your brother? <laughs> You know, because he didn't think I could land such a good-looking man. And plus, since he was a good-looking, well-groomed, in-shape guy, he must be gay, right? So uh, that's what he said to me. He said, and he would be your brother? <laughs> like, um, no, it's my boyfriend. Betty, who wears custom Jimmy Choo's. She gets her hair on Thursdays and she dines Okay, so you said you had some uh, first? Is it a first? It's a first in regards to having a individual on the ground shining a laser at a commercial aircraft that actually got prosecuted and convicted. Okay, now where was it? We were flying to John Wayne last May down in Orange County, and we were actually the third airplane that got illuminated by this laser. Third airplane? Yes. And now, could you see anything? Yes. The uh, co-pilot very uh, emphatically said to me, did you see that? And I... It was a green flash off the right-hand side of the airplane, on his side of the airplane, yes. And as we're, uh, he recognized it as a laser, he told me somebody is shining a laser at me. Uh, so I asked him if he was, did it hit him in the eyes? He said no, because that's what you have to worry about. If a laser hits you in the eye, then you lose it. And, well, we were at about 2,000 feet above the ground. So he obviously was probably a couple miles away. So uh, we went ahead and landed, reported the incident to the air traffic controllers. They told us we weren't the only airplane. There were actually two other aircraft. And then the police helicopter was airborne, and that's how they caught him. Wait, the police helicopter? Police helicopter. We knew about where he was at uh, because the, my co-pilot could see the laser coming up. And what kind of device was he using? What kind of device is it? It's just a handheld laser. That's it? About the size of a small flashlight. And that's all it takes? That's all it takes. And so the police helicopter got, was airborne at the time we were coming in because of the two aircraft in front of us who had reported it. And so the police helicopter went over to where we were at, reported it at, and the individual on the ground also illuminated the police helicopter with the laser, and that's how they were able to pinpoint where he was at. So, so he was kind of a moron in the sense that... No, he was strictly an uh, individual who was on probation who was an ex-convict 
and just decided he wanted to have fun that night. Going for kicks, yeah. And thought he could illuminate some airplanes and get away with it. So they caught him, and at first the FBI offered him a plea deal to prosecutors, uh, and it's a federal crime. Many people don't know that, but it is a federal crime, interfering with a commercial aircraft. So they prosecuted him, and they wanted this to be kind of the test case for people on the ground to know that if you do this to a commercial aircraft, there is, number one, a danger involved. If you hit the pilots in the eyes, you can actually blind them. And if you do that, being close to the ground, you can actually maybe cause some damage or, uh, or worse. So at first, they offered him a two-year plea deal. He turned it down, said he wanted to go to trial. And when we went to trial, it took almost a year. This happened in May of last year. The trial was about a week and a half ago. And uh, I testified in the trial. Four out of the six pilots who were involved in the incident testified at the trial. And he was convicted and would get anywhere from 9 to 25 years in prison. 9 to 25 years? Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. It's oh, nice absolutely. to hear, you know, it turned out the way it's supposed to. Absolutely. And I know the FBI and the federal government were planning on a press release afterwards once he gets convicted his actual terms so that they can let other people know that yeah, they want to let them know. if yeah. you do this, you, we will find you and we will prosecute you. I think it's great, though, that uh, that you guys, were, you know, they, they got him. They tracked him down. Absolutely. The guy was, uh, like I said, not that bright <laughs> because he was shining his laser at the police helicopter. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. So it was, it was very interesting. I've never been involved in a federal trial like that. So it was very uh, enlightening to me to see how this whole process worked. And when the first officer first said he thought he got lasered, did you believe him? Oh, absolutely. I could tell by his voice that he was worried. He said, did you see that? And uh, I saw the green flash, but it was more on his side. And he said they they came on the cockpit and then slowly worked his way back on the airplane. And then it was gone. But he knew about where it was at, so the police helicopter was able to zero in on this guy, and they caught him. It probably doesn't cost that much. How much does something like that cost, you know? You can get it on the internet probably for less than 50 bucks. Yeah, 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 not that much. So. I'm glad you went to court. So am I. Yeah, you got the guy. Absolutely. <laughs> he is going to be spending some time in federal prison. Yeah. Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can uh, travel the world together. And uh, don't be bringing any of that swine flu on my airplane, okay? (laughs) Bye. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.